What a guy. I've opened up everybody. Everyone. Everybody, attention. I'd like to make a toast. My good friend Henry. He done dunned up. <laughs> and he knows he dunned up. So he started over. It takes a real man to know when he dunned up and doesn't want it to go out publicly. And for that, cheers to you, my brother. Cheers. Now start over so we can get this over with. Yes. Black Swarm Podcast, baby. We're raw. And welcome to the playoff week three edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Piper here with Rob Antonell. How are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm alright. I'm right there with you. You know, it's just a quick, easy podcast tonight. We'll get this over with and get on to... uh, Beating Hoover. Sounds good. All right. So before I mean we get into Hoover, we might as well talk about the what would be the nice way to put it, the dumpster fire of a team we played last Friday night. Yeah, I think they were the Scots. That would have worked. Yeah, you know, it, uh, close enough. Whatever. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on it, Rob? If any, you know, we were at the game, lucky enough to be there, mm-hmm. so. Uh, it was a weird atmosphere, but it was nice to be back home. Yeah, I mean, all year the atmosphere has been a little bit different than normal. Uh, a little bit smaller of a crowd this week because of how the tickets are being done uh, through the OHSA. But, yeah, I mean, it was just different. Obviously, it wasn't a great opponent we were going against. You know, we scored early, we scored often. They They weren't a great team, so... You know, it just wasn't that typical playoff atmosphere. But, you know, I, I think it was a great game, a great experience for the kids, the players. So, um, you know, I think there was a lot that, you know, almost like they needed that. They needed one of these type of games. We had a really tough schedule this year. And, you know, finally getting one of these lesser quality opponents was probably good for them. They can work on some things. And, you know, I, th- I think they played pretty well. Yeah. I, um, one of the big things was, you know, our offense was – it's been something of a bugaboo all year. And the McKinley game was, it was a bit of a get-right game for us. I, I think we had an idea of what we wanted to be at the beginning of the year. Uh, and obviously injuries happened and we had to, we, we found ourselves in a, a bit of an identity crisis, I think. And you could see it start to peek through at the end of the Benny game and then at the end of the Iggy game where it's like, okay, we're kind of getting finding who we are, doing what we doing what we do best. And the McKinley game was like a get-right game for us, and we we played a pretty clean – we had a pretty good day offensively. And then this just kind of continued that of – like you said, it wasn't a great opponent, <clears throat> but we didn't really make any mistakes. We played a really good game. We ran like two plays. We ran 
power Y crosser and I think our trail post. Um, but we just, we were really efficient. We only had what one turnover, which was just, I wasn't necessarily mad about. I know me and, you know, our sometimes co-host tech had a long discussion about just throwing a prayer up to Jaden and double coverage, which in that situation, I'm not mad about trying to let your guy go make a play. But in general, you know, we played a really clean game on offense. Black Swarm defense did its thing. Special teams got back to looking like how we usually do. Played really good, really clean, and came out of there with, what, 56 nothing win? Yeah. Um, I mean, anybody that's listened to the podcast in the past knows that a lot of the time, I completely forget about the last game. <laughs> I forgot. Like you're talking about this turnover and the situation. I'm like yeah. trying to think. When did we turn the ball over? How? Where? <laughs> when? When did it happen? And then you're like, oh, double coverage up to Jaden. I'm like, okay. How? When? Where? <laughs> I I don't remember that at all. <laughs> oh. Um. For whatever reason, I watch the game, mm-hmm. and then it's gone. There's like a few key moments or a few things that like I want to talk about from each game that I that I take with me. And everything else kind of just disappears. So that's, I have a really hard time talking about the last game. Yeah. Um, yeah that's probably just CTE. You're fine. I, I mean, maybe. Honestly. <laughs> who knows? Um, got hit in the head a lot. But. Well, you said you got some key moments, like, from every game you want to talk about. You got anything from this game? <laughs> Not really, to be <laughs> honest. It, it's just one of those games. You know, it's yeah. a typical blowout game. Obviously, our defense played really well. And they played really well all year. So I think that was, you know, in general, one of the things I want to talk about. I want to talk about how our defense is just always really good. Um, Before that, I missed the opening touchdown. I was in the stadium, but not in a seat yet. Oh, yeah. So I heard it. Mm -hmm. I was, like, looking up the ramp, and I saw players running down the field, but I didn't get to see the actual play. Um, Got up to my seat just 30 seconds too late. Um, But, it, you know, a long pass touchdown. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's good. That's something we want to see. We want to mm-hmm. see, you know, the vertical passing game that we know we have. Um, just hasn't been hasn't been done all year long. Um, as much as as much as in the past, I should say. Especially, not, not, I mean, that, not that we haven't, but yeah, you know, compared to what we've seen in the past, you know, it's just a different different style. But uh, you know, it's nice to see that. Nice to see that threat happen. And nice to see the connection happen early. I mm-hmm. think you know, getting people involved early. Um, you know, the one thing, you know, I, as you know, I listen to sports talk radio yep. every single day. Big sports talk guy. Big sports talk radio guy. And it's mostly right now talking about the Browns. And, you know, something that they talk about is, you know, this is mostly media driven. It's not an internal thing. You know, the coaches would never say this, but the media loves talking about it. And that's kind of the position we're in locally. You know, getting your playmakers involved early. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes to say Odell. Beckham Jr. needs to get the ball early. You need to get him involved early. You need to get that spark going. It keeps him engaged. Um, it keeps the team, you know, going. Keeps everything yeah. just better when you get your playmakers involved early. Now, Kevin Stefanski is never going to say yes. We need to get him the ball early. They've even asked him. He said no. It doesn't matter. But from the media perspective, it's a fun thing to talk about. The fans liked hearing this. Um, so same idea. It's like, hey, we're going to get Jaden the ball early. We're going to give him a long pass. Mm-hmm. You know, or we're going to give him a screen, let him work. You know, or even like a kickoff. Just let 
you know, I'm not, I'm kind of just generalizing here. Cleveland Browns, Maslin Tigers, insert whatever your favorite team is here. Yeah. You know, getting your playmaker involved early, let him return a kickoff, you know, something that keeps them engaged. And this is more for the fans. You know, mm-hmm. the coaches are going to completely let this go and it means nothing to them. They have a game plan they need to accomplish. They have schemes they need to do. They have people they want to target. But for fans, for the media, it's really fun to talk about your playmakers, getting them involved early, and how it just seems to make everything flow so much smoother. Mm-hmm. So for us, fans, let's call ourselves media members for for a second. It was nice to see him get involved early. You know, you got that long pass, and it's like, hey, boom, here he is. You know, can't say anything about you know, the rest of the game. Boom, got it to him early. Here you go, long touchdown, have at it, get out of day. And for the rest of that, team ran smoothly. So... You know, it's a really fun talking point for the fans and the media. Uh, so that, I guess that would be like one of my big takeaways is that, you know, you hit them early. Yeah, uh, I think y- you look at the first half against St. Ed's. You know, um, we came out, we were slinging it. Our offense looked like we were in rhythm. We knew, we knew who we were, we knew what we wanted to do, and we could do it. And then at some point in that game, Trone got hurt. He got banged up somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know the specifics of it, but the fact that he didn't play week two, and you can kind of even see later in the game, he didn't look healthy. Yeah. Week two, he doesn't play. Week three, he comes back. Who do we play? Warren? Warren three, then yeah. Benny, then Iggy. Then, yeah. And yep. he just did not look good. Not quite the same. At all. Like He's putting him in the dirt. He's making... He's, not that he's making bad decisions. It's just the throws themselves look bad. And from what we've seen before to what he was doing at that point is indicative of some kind of injury. Mm-hmm. Benny, still not great. Still looks like he's trying to get healthy, trying to get back in rhythm. Iggy, eh, we just had, for the most part, a very frustrating offensive game that we ended up, I think, the run game at that against Iggy is what you know saved us. And then McKinley, we didn't ask him to do much. This game, we come out, run a couple plays, and, you know, I missed the touchdown too, but I got to see it on the replay, and he threw a dime to Jaden. Nice. It looked good. And that's the thing, like, for, you know, he's shown bits and pieces throughout the year that if you can keep the pocket clean, keep him in rhythm, he will make good decisions, and he can make some good passes. And just the throws he was making Friday night, I think he's found his confidence again. He's he's back to where he needs to be. He's back to where this offense needs him at to get full circle, like you said, to get our playmakers the ball. And that's something that we're going to take into the playoff, you know, <clears throat> going down maybe not necessarily this week or the next couple weeks or really anybody up until we get out of the regionals. That's something that, they keep working on and it's something that I've had confidence in that they would be able to figure out that we'll be able to get this thing back in rhythm and get back to where we expected them to be coming into the year. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it was ever really a secret that Catron was banged up and, uh, you know, for a while there, it seemed like he was kind of banged up because, you know, we've seen him in the past. This is his first year you know, as the full-time starter. But we've seen him in the past. We saw him early in the uh, San game. We've seen him in scrimmages in the past. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, a lot of, just a lot of enough, mop-up duty too. Enough, yeah, he's played fourth quarters before where it's like, you know, you've seen him throw. And he's got a strong arm. You've seen him make some long throws. Um, there was a few times, oh, I forget what game it was. I think it was the playoff game where he stepped in. Mm-hmm. But I think he overthrew Ballard on a, he stepped up in the yeah. pocket. You know, uh, edge rushers came in. He stepped up in the pocket and overthrew Ballard down the field on a seam or skinny post. Or, um, Probably a post. E- either, offense, but whatever. You know, either one. He yeah. ended up overthrowing him. Just, I mean, just barely. Like, mm-hmm. you know, almost fingertips. But it's like, hey, kid can throw the ball. And this year, it's kind of seemed like he's been banged up. So, you know, it's nice to see him coming back into form. Um, we haven't asked him to do too much this year. Going back, you know, a couple weeks now, two, I mean, almost three weeks to when we played McKinley, we ran that fake tag screen, mm-hmm. and he threw the ball down to Lamp. And I thought that was a, a just a beautiful pass. Um, it looked the, incredible. The way the route was... The, the angle that he was mm-hmm. running at, it hit him in stride, and stride kind of took him out of bounds after he caught it. That, yeah, you know, obviously you'd like to see him catch that and you know go score afterwards. But the way that he was running is if you just if you just watch the route mm-hmm. in general, that ball hits him in stride, yep. and then after he catches it, his yep. stride takes him out of bounds. Yeah, it's like that's where he was headed naturally. But I thought that was just an amazing throw. You know, hit him right in stride. That's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I was very excited to see that fake tag screen because, <laughs> yeah. you know, something in the stands I was I was mentioning. Um, because you haven't seen a lot of those this year, have we? At, no. at all, maybe. No. Until then. Um, but that, that goes back to, like, that play specifically mm-hmm. and a lot of the stuff we do is, like, how teams are playing us. You know, you if they're going to, yeah, I mean, if yeah. they're not jumping it, you can't really run the fake. I, right. I understand that. And we have, you know, we want to go deep. We're a vertical passing team. We're going to pound you with our run game. We're going to, you know, your safeties are going to creep up. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go deep on you. Yeah. But when your corners are playing 10, 12, 15 yards off and then bailing at the snap. It's hard to get past them. Yeah. You're you're going to be, I mean, even, I don't expect Jaden to win a foot race when the dude's got 20-yard yeah. head start. You're not. And, you know, that's where, like, some of your short intermediate routes, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I'm not saying we should or shouldn't be using, but, you know, that's what they're giving you. Yeah. A lot of the times we're going, like, tag screen or we're just running on teams. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be a different story if we were losing, but, you know, we're, we're winning ball games, So, yeah. you know, take it however you can honestly but but yeah there have been times where corners are just completely bailing on our guys and it, it's very difficult to get on top of a corner when he's eight ten yards deep and bailing yeah um but overall i think we finally found our our identity we're just getting back to that power run pound teams into the dirt and wait until they take it away and for the last couple of weeks, they haven't been able to do that. And that's something we're going to take with us, you know, coming into, uh, I don't want to say down the stretch, just getting into the thick of the playoffs, the teams we're going to face. And I don't see anybody stopping us until we get out of our region. Mm-hmm. And I guess just on that note, we can get into our next opponent here, Hoover, the Vikings. They are Vikings, yeah. They are Vikings. I don't know. I don't pay attention to the Fed teams. I think it's like the last 
couple years since our program Maslin, we've seemed to have starting in like really the foundations were laid in like 2017 to where we had no business being in the position we were in in the playoffs. And then we just kind of built on that mm-hmm. and made, you know, got to the state championship, fell to Hoban, but it happens in the past. We kind of, we have, where our program is at now. Since then. Yes. The Federal League in is, the entirety has not been able to even come close to touching us, if that's what you're going at. Yeah. And I... We've risen above it. Not that they've fallen so much, which, I mean, a lot of the teams have, but we've, like, risen so far above them that they have been able to touch us. And I, I'm excited to watch us stomp them and win another Fed League title to, uh, Friday night. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely building the resume with Hoover. Uh, ultimately, this year, I think it comes down to Perry. You know, they're the number one seed in our region. Um, they had to kind of screw us over to get it, but you know, more to them. Yeah. They're the number one team in our region. Good for them. Uh, honestly, I wasn't mad that they are the number one team in our region. I feel like that was deserved, you know, good for them. I could understand why they are the number one team. I was just more upset with how Wakefield screwed us over and that's going to come back to haunt him. I wouldn't say deserved. I would say it's well played. Understandable. It's well played on Wakefield's part. So, so what you're you're saying it's it's well played by Wakefield to get the number one seed by screwing us. Yeah, I'm saying I would have fully understood if just outright people voted Perry number one num- and us number two. I would have understood it. They ran they ran their season. Mm-hmm. They beat all the Fed teams. You mm-hmm. know, good for them. Yeah. Um. You know, we had some struggling weeks, and. You know, whatever. I, I I understand. We had a loss. Yeah. I un, I would have understood Perry getting the number one seed. I still think that we go and kick their butt, but I would have understood them getting the number one seed outright. The fact that Wakefield had to go in and screw us in order mm. to get the number one seed, that's what upsets me. I Listen, I don't care if we're the number two seed. Yeah. Whatever. I would rather play at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium than at Perry Stadium. And yes, if you guys haven't been paying attention, the regional championship games will now be hosted at the home site if they choose. Yes, if they, they are choose. given the choice to host the game, but they, we all know they're going to host it. Wakefield is going to say yes, we want to host. Mm. So we're going to be playing. You know, if we get there, and if they get there, it would be at Perry, I imagine. But uh, you know, good for them. I'm I'm just mad that he himself tried to screw Maslin in order to get the number one seed. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter, but we noticed, uh, yeah. and we're coming for you. But before we get to them, we have to go through Hoover, another Federal League team, um, another school that dislikes us quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, some black, some bad blood between us and Hoover. Yeah, um, they've fairly done uh, done some things that disrespect us lately. So fairly recently, actually, fairly recently, yeah. You know, just in general, a lot of local teams don't like us. That's yeah. that's pretty apparent. But specifically, Hoover has said and done a few things that uh, kind of show how much they dislike us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all remember back in what 2018 when we had to go to their field to play what was it, Wadsworth? Wadsworth. Wadsworth in the playoffs. And what they tell us that 
their home locker room isn't available for use. So there's a few different excuses that I've heard. We went and played Wadsworth at Hoover's, a neutral site. We were the home team. When we showed up, and I remember watching this because we were in the parking lot already mm-hmm. tailgating. Our buses showed up, and they got redirected to another spot. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Why would we? Why would yeah. our buses show up in one spot and have to go to another? Well, if you don't remember, Hoover put us in one of their auxiliary locker rooms, like the soccer or track locker room or JV something. JV volleyball. It, JV volleyball locker yeah. room, which was not, it wasn't at the stadium. No. It was like in the school or some, it was close by. It mm-hmm. wasn't, it was neither their home or away locker room. It they, was on campus, but not at the field. They put us at an, in an auxiliary locker room. And we were like, why are you, what do you, we're the home team. We're supposed to have the home locker room. And they threw out a few different excuses of why we are not going there. And some people say they weren't going to use their home locker room at all. And then I think the official thing that I've heard, I guess it's not official because everything is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, behind the scenes from where I hear it. But they told us that one of our representatives went over during the week and said, yes, this is fine. You can put us in your ox locker room, which is not true. 100% not true. Absolute horseshit. It's not true. But I think that was their official statement, was that we agreed to go to their ox locker room. Not true. We were not happy about it. We did not want that. We are still mad about that. Yes. And I believe they ended up putting Wadsworth in the home locker room. They absolutely did. So you heard like the weird, like, we're not going to use our home locker room at all. Well, you did because you let Wadsworth have it. Um, and then we never signed off on it. They put us in a weird locker room. They stuck just, us just in a bad. glorified broom closet. Yeah, just it's just bad. Just bad all the way around. I don't know. And then not to mention, you know, at halftime when there was a power outage that seemed to only strike our press box. So another thing people may or may not be aware of is that at halftime, our press box where our where our coaches, you know, mm. all of our coaches are up in the press box, those guys, the power went out. So they lost power to, I mean, communications. communications their headsets are out. Um, you Huddle. Know, they can't. You they can't, they can't access. Film, they can't do stuff up there. Luckily, we always transport generators with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, thank have, you, Mass and Tiger Booster Club, for that. Yeah, we have some great guys that work with this. And I think there was a article in the newspaper once a couple weeks after this. That talked about you know the whole ordeal of what they do with that box truck and all of the stuff that they take and what they take and why they take it and you know why in the world would you take a generator with you to a game? Well, this is why we take a generator with us to a game because Brian Smith hauled a generator up onto the roof of the stadium into the press box where our coaches were, so they still had communications. But like you're saying, the only spot in the entire stadium that the power went out was in our coach's press box. So, it's just, and there's no, and there's no rule about how if one team goes out, the other team has to go out. So, yeah. we didn't miss a beat. We got a generator up there. We got everything running. But yes, there's no rule. So, like if our power would have went out, Wadsworth could have kept theirs. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would have. And that's nothing against them. It's not their fault. So 
Um, but just in general, there's no rule about it. So, yes, we would have gotten screwed if we didn't have a generator. It's just a weird quinky dink, you know? It, that stuff happens all the time. It, se- mm-hmm. it seems to happen to Maslin, like, quite a bit. Like, so much so that it, it's almost like the reverse of having a, you know, a four-leaf clover and a horseshoe stuffed up your ass. Like, you're just, just so unlucky yeah. that all these bad things just seem to happen to us out of the blue. And it, it's, you know, it's just, it's it's worth noting. It's taking down. So, another thing, and tell me if this sounds familiar to you, because Shoot. I can't quote it, but I swear I heard this. Okay. I think it was on the podcast. I don't know who said it. <laughs> I feel like somebody said it publicly on our podcast, one of the coaches. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe I'm making this up. Please do not quote me. I could have swore I heard somebody say that we had a contract with Hoover to play. And then at the last second, they backed Mm. out. And then also, like a month later, their coach went to the paper and talked about how we don't play anybody. Mm. Does that sound familiar? Or am I making this up? I feel like you're making that up. No. But at the same time. Oh, I I could have swore. But at the same time, if you just like, if we go out and you said that somebody, I will fully back you right now. Yeah, I get that, but I don't want, <laughs> I know you're just going to blindly back me because <laughs> screw Hoover. I yeah. get it. But I could have swore we had like a, we had a contract with them and it, they backed out. I don't know. Maybe they didn't return the call or it was like their idea and then they backed out or something. That sounds right. <sighs> Because, like, I specifically think this was Hoover. It's not like, yeah. oh, I, I remember the story. I just the don't remember who. a couple but years? Like, well, actually, if it was on the podcast, like, so it had to be the last couple yeah, years. Yeah, like, not this year. I think it was mm-hmm. last. Hmm. Hmm. Good golly. I don't know. I might be making that up. But I feel like we had a contract with them. Not, not fully yeah. signed, but, like, yeah. verbally, we had a contract, and then they backed out of it. I don't know. I mean, I feel like. You know, their coaches, they have number one Tiger fan, quarterback Connor Ashby, right there. Uh, maybe they thought he could sling the ball around on us a little bit and add a, you know, fighter's chance. But uh, oh, I man. don't know. I th- well, I guess you can't hold me to it. Hmm. But in the back of my head, I feel yeah. like that's true. I, f- I might be making it up. But I, I feel like I heard that somewhere. See, what you should have did was just said it. Just said it and yeah. say, screw it. Yeah. Like, this is obviously true. Yeah. If yeah. I'm saying it, it must be true. Nobody's going to ask us to cite our sources. Yeah. Other people are going to cite us as a source, and that's fine. Like We're not liable to anyone. We yeah, just, Hoover backed out of a contract. Yeah. They for sure did it. I remember I was there. Yeah. I was the paper. I, <laughs> I was the pen. And they didn't and, sign. Nope. They just didn't sign it. What a shame. Well, um, one other thing to bring up from 2018, actually, this is pointed out to me by a man that takes tremendous notes on any slander towards Maslin. Okay. That, um, there was an article in the repository back then. Yeah. Pretty much just defending why Hoover didn't make the playoffs that year because apparently they were God's grace to football, but they didn't make it with that fed schedule. Yeah. Got it. No, it's a real shame. But uh, their head coach was saying, you know, you don't want Masson at Masson in week 11. That's tough for anybody. 
Uh, but if you get them to travel to a neutral site, you make them travel, which they're not accustomed to doing, let's see what happens. And I get it, you know. I, I wouldn't like traveling either if you get stuffed in a JV volleyball locker room and your power gets kicked off yeah. and all this, that, and the other. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I get what he's saying. I don't agree with what he's saying. Um, you don't want to play at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. Well, it, you know, it's a tough place to play. We have great fans. It's a mm-hmm. great environment. A lot of intimidating things going on. You got the biggest scoreboard in Ohio up there. You got these fireworks going off. You got the marching band playing. You have the best fans cheering. Up until, including this year, you got a live tiger, for God's sake. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, of course, you don't want to play in that big. Of, I, I think you don't want to play in that big of a stadium that close to Maslin. That's yeah. it. I don't know if it's Paul Brown Tiger Stadium in general, but... You know we're going to have a really big fan base. Playing at a neutral site, you don't want them to travel. Um, I don't know if it's we're not accustomed to it. I will, you know, obviously we haven't done it this year. We no. have not traveled yet. At all. No? We've not traveled. But I would argue the last... When he did say this, but, you know... Yeah, go ahead. This, this statement's not... It's a couple of years. Yeah. But the last two years, we've gone, what, five weeks in the playoffs each year? Yeah. Only your first one's a home game. Yes. We've had eight games, if my math is correct. Quick, mm-hmm. you know, mental math. Lost two of them. Yeah. We've lost two, won six, but they've all been away games. Yeah. Not a one at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. You got week 11 at home. And then the rest are. Yep. So. I'd say we have fair experience with traveling. So what I'm saying is I, I think there's definitely an advantage when you are at home. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you have much better of a chance beating us on a neutral site either. Absolutely not. So, I mean, Hoover, let's just be honest, has not been as good of a team as us the last few years. We could have played in one of their backyards and we're gonna. I think we were gonna beat them. I don't think that matters. So, but the fact that their coach thinks as long as you get us away from Paul Brown Tiger Stadium, then you're gonna have a better chance against us. Yeah. Another. No, thing, no. Let me. I, I can go on while you're on that subject because he had words very similar to that. Okay. Uh, let's see. Make him travel. Let's let's see what happens. I'm not saying we would beat them, but I think we were ready for a team of that caliber. I think we're one of the only ones who could have given them a game. So let me just comment on this real quick. I mean, that's just within itself. Laughable? It is laughable, but that that's just such a weak statement. That's such a beta statement. Yeah. Like, we can't beat them at home. That's not possible. We There's no way I can go to Paul Brown and beat them. Oh, no, yeah. We're not good enough. But I'll beat them if we would have played at Akron, if we would have played at Wadsworth, if we would have played at Glen Oak. Then, no. then I have a chance. And, no. And even he's not then, even saying that. Even then, I might not be able to, but at least have a chance. No. He's I, he's saying, I think we'll keep the score res- respectable. I think we'll lose 21-3. What's, po- what's the point of that quote in general is my point. Like what? What is the point of that? What, what is he trying to say? I don't know. 
Is he trying to say Maslin's only good at home? It, just, is I'll he, read the quote again. Like, is he trying to talk up his kids? I, I'm not saying we'd beat them, but I think we're ready for a team of that caliber. I think we're one of the only ones who could have given them a game. He's right, saying so that we, at the end of the day... We were just too damn good. Yeah. But why did he even bother saying the statement about neutral field? Is I, my question. I... Just getting a dig in, I guess. Getting a dig in at us, you we, know? We play a lot of home games? Yeah. All right, yeah, good. Good for us. <laughs> yeah. You know how many teams want to play here? How many teams want to come play at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium? This is the mecca. This is what it's this all about. This is the mecca right here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's just a very weak statement. Um, I don't... I just don't know what to take from it. Like, I'm kind of mad... That he talks about how much of a difference it would be at a neutral field. But then at the same time, he basically says Madison was unbeatable mm-hmm. by any local team. So I guess, like, respect. But why are you trying to get the dig in about the home field thing? I don't. How many times have Maslin fans been happy? with the referees we've had at our home games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. it's not... Ugh. Ugh. Listen, we are not homering teams, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so I, I just don't I just don't get it. I Maybe that was circle, you know, full circle back to my fake conversation. Yeah. Maybe that's why he backed out of the contract. He didn't <laughs> want to play at Maslin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... It's just weird. You know, the, the entire article... It's from 2018 in the uh, the repository. If you want to look it up, the headline was "No playoff payoff for Hoover football team." If you care to look that up, but he, you are right. It's weird. It's just a weird. I, I. Masson doesn't like to travel. He's trying to get a dig in. We wouldn't get our ass kicked, but we'd still get beat. We'd still get beat. and then what do you say? As for the rest of the teams in Region 7, put them on our schedule. We'll play any one of them. Weak region. Well, yeah, I get that. It, it has been a weak region the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and they still didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, good for them. Yeah. I, You know, I, I'm just still mad at how they treated this the last couple of years. So I hope... I mean, I know that there are some people in that locker room that, you know, remember these type of things mm-hmm. and they, they'll be fired up. But, you know, I just hope as, a, as an entire fan base, as an entire school system, the whole team, it's like, you know what? This is a local team, federal league team. Man, let's just go out there and stomp them. Just kill them. Let's send them back home where they came from. Tails between their legs. So they can get ready for all of their what swimming and wrestling. Is that what they well they used to be good? I don't even know if they're good know. at are they even good at that anymore? I think their number one running back is a lacrosse player. They had a really they had a really good basketball player, but he transferred to like St. V's. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Let me see here. Yeah. Their uh their number one running back is a. Uh, D1 lacrosse player. When is men's lacrosse? I thought that was a fall sport. Is that a spring sport? I don't know. Maybe he's going... Is he doing... 
<laughs> is he practicing lacrosse during football season? Prime time. <laughs> going for Ooh. the double. Going Ooh. for the double header. Yikes. <laughs> hey, you know we sent him home now. He's gonna have more time to practice for lacrosse. I guess so. I don't. I don't really have much beef with Hoover. Besides them being a local Fed team, which just automatically makes me dislike them a little bit, and the yeah. re- and the recent events. Outside of that, you know, be like, you know, a couple of years ago, I had no issue with Hoover whatsoever. Before they pulled this stunt on us, now I dislike them. Yeah. Before that, they were just a local team, which you know you automatically dislike local teams. But exactly, and you dislike the local teams because they don't play you. Now, I get it. We are so far head and shoulders above the rest of the local teams that you wouldn't want to play us because, as a coach, why would you sign up to, like, oh, let me take this L here. Week four, away? You got it, man. Mm-hmm. I get it. I'm not happy about it as a Masson fan, but I fully understand it from their perspective. Um, now, as a little bit of a history, I guess, this opponent in history, whatever, our all-time record against Hoover is four and one. First time we played him was two thousand and one, where we uh, stomped him twenty-seven to seven. Last time we played him was two thousand nine in the playoffs, where they had that running back, uh, and we beat them seventeen to ten. Yeah, that last time that we played them in uh, two thousand the two thousand nine season, I was a sophomore. You would have been a freshman. Yep. Uh, so I mean, I, I remember being there. It was at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. Uh, it was a close game. I mean, like you said, they had Eric Howard as a running back. It was his senior. That's season. right. Eric, he was. Uh, it was a senior year. Uh, he was. I think he was a uh, Mister Ohio. Uh yes. If you said that confidently, I tell you, yeah. All right, so he was definitely a Mister Ohio football player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, just an outstanding. Their entire offense ran through him the entire time he was there. As it should have, because he was a dude. He was an absolute dude. And, you know, when you have somebody like that, you use him. And uh, I remember, you know, going into it as everyone's goal is just, hey, we need to shut him down. Do not let Eric Howard run the ball. And that was our game plan. And we went into it. And uh, at that time, Coach Kovacs was our defensive coordinator. Oh, Kovacs. And we ran that, like... Direct! Yeah, direct. Direct! <laughs> direct. Um, we ran... We, we called it that three, a 3-4 defense. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was like a 4-3. It, structurally, it's like what we run now-ish, at least up front. As a nose guard, I align in the same spot. I think I everybody kind of aligned in roughly the same spot. That we do now. Yeah, so we, we ran um we ran what we called we referred to it as a as a three four yeah. back then. I, I don't know the terminology, but it, to us it was a three four. Mm-hmm. We had one of the linebackers like basically down on the line. He was just a stand up end. Yeah. Who also kind of played the pass a little bit. I, but Caden Willard, go on. Um what we ended up doing was we had a defense that we called freeze. Freeze. We basically took one of our safeties, mm-hmm. inserted him as a middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. I think both of the linebackers prob they probably bumped out a gap. I don't know. I wasn't a linebacker, so I, I, I never yeah. had to deal with this. But I I knew like schematically we took a safety, bumped mm-hmm. him down as a middle linebacker. 
I can only assume that our other two linebackers bumped out a gap. So we had an extra guy in the box. Yeah. Still ran that same 3-4 defense Mm -hmm. schematically, but with an extra guy. Yeah, that's so what you're describing. On the back end, you're doing stuff kind of different, but for the... We would have mostly ran like a... Cover one, cover three-ish. It would have been a three... But it would have been different because we wouldn't have had a roll down player. No. But we would have had some. It, we still would have had accounted for it somehow. Yeah. Cover uh, three, cover one, mostly. On, on the back end with the DBs and the, what they were doing would have been different. But up front with the front seven, your uh, linemen, linebackers, everybody's playing the gaps. That roll down extra guy playing the Mike backer, the new Mike backer, he's just see ball, get ball. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. He's not responsible for just anything. Just an extra guy. He's just there to, like you said, he's an extra hat. He doesn't have to think about anything. He can just play fast, see ball, get ball. Mm-hmm. Continue. Uh, well, with that, we held Eric Howard to 97 yards, I believe. That sounds... I th- he so, had, so we definitely yeah. held him to 97 yards. Yeah. Under <laughs> so, 100. You know, say yeah. it confident, right? Yeah. Uh, we definitely held him to 97 exact yards. And it was like the second lowest in his entire career at mm-hmm. Hoover. And we won the game. It was a close game. We didn't score a lot of points, but obviously they didn't either. Yeah. And uh, I remember the crowd got into it a lot because there's a lot of big third downs because they're a running team. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of third and threes, third and twos, third and ones where we made good defensive stands. But I remember the crowd just, it was probably my first experience. Um, Experiencing a real massing crowd? A huge crowd. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you're saying, wow, that Rob, that was week 11. Don't Wasn't the McKinley game big? I have literally zero... <laughs> memory whatsoever of the McKinley game. So week 10, 2009, I don't remember. So I don't even know if I was there. So what we got from that is that the CTE started before the concussions. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but the weird thing is, is we had this conversation like a month ago with Matt and Jim. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them remember that game either. I have zero memory of the 2009 week 10 McKinley game. None. Zero, nada. Yeah. I don't remember going. Yeah, was I even there? I don't know. I guess to your to your point, my sophomore year, I, I we were on the sidelines a lot, right? Yeah, you want he was a sophomore, me as a sophomore. Well, me as my entire career, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, I remember running out of the hoop for the McKinley game my sophomore year, mostly because oh shit. This is a giant crowd in Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. People trip. There's a pile up around the hoop. <laughs> I got to run around some bodies. <laughs> Beyond that, I really don't remember my sophomore McKinley game either. So that one, it was at home. Uh, Devin Smith's senior year. Mm-hmm. My junior year, your sophomore year. Yep. There's a few things that I remember. We got we got our asses kicked. Did we? Oh, we got smacked. It's a good thing that you don't remember. Gun to my head, it was a close game. No, it was never close. Yikes. We got smacked. Yikes. No clue what the score was. It could have been 21-18. <laughs> we got smacked. <laughs> I'm convinced. One of those? It was bad. Like, Eesh. it was not a good game. Eesh. We got we got smacked. Um, but I remember Devin making the one catch where he wasn't looking. 
the ball just accidentally hit him in his hand. He caught it. it happens. Um, I remember we ran a trick play from like the five yard line, ten yard line. Mm-hmm. Ours or theirs? Our, um, we're about to score. Theirs. theirs. Got it. Their ten yard line. Five ten yards. We had a uh, tackle eligible trick play. Nice. Which we actually ended up using the next year, and we scored on them my senior year. But we we tried it mm-hmm. against them my junior year, and we this kid Tyler Tyler Robinson was his name, I believe. Oh, T Rob. Yeah, T Rob. Yeah. So we lined him up as our left tackle mm-hmm. in a tackle eligible formation. I think it was either a false start or defense jumped off sides or something, right? Either way, the play got blown dead before it even started. Yeah. T-Rob ran his entire route, a little (laughs) five-yard, ten-yard comeback. Look at me. I'm wide open. I'm a left tackle eligible. Yeah. Ran it and then, like, jumped up and down upset because he was mad that the play got blown dead. And I remember looking from the sideline. I'm like, this I was so mad because we were running a trick play. Yeah. No one out of the entire 25,000 people there had any idea that we were running a trick play right there. Mm-hmm. And he gave it away because instead of just going back to the huddle like a normal person, he ran his five-yard route and then jumped up and down mad to the point where everybody saw him. It was like, what is he doing? Why is that left tackle wide so open? Why is that left tackle wearing a receiver number? Oh, that was a trick play, wasn't it? You idiot. <laughs> you know, that's, ruined a trick play yeah. for us. Also, I think Devin Smith had like a negative five yard punt that game. He was kicking like from mm-hmm. his own five yard line. <laughs> so the ball would have been on like yeah. the 20. Yeah. And he kicked it like to the 15. All this sounds exactly. We were like down. A, uh, we were down. This like sounds 30. exactly like a Jason Hall coach football team to me. It was. Yeah, but so like I remember that year. Mm-hmm. I do not remember my sophomore McKinley game at all. None of it. Wait, what? You just described your sophomore. No, I just described my junior. I described you, your sophomore. sophomore. Yes. I, rem- I described okay. your there we sophomore. Go. We got one. there. Yeah. I don't remember my sophomore game okay. whatsoever. So that would have been week 10. I think mm-hmm. week 11, we played Hoover at home. It was at home, so it had to be week 11. Yes. Yeah. So we played Hoover week 11, and I remember that game pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember the crowd was amazing. And like I said, the style of play, Hoover naturally got into a lot of third and shorts, mm-hmm. which are big crowd plays. You need the crowd to get loud. So yeah. I remember it being... A really loud, great atmosphere is a good game, and you know we came away with that win. Well, I don't think this game is going to be quite as good. I think Hoover is going to learn a lot about Maslin and a lot about themselves this coming Friday. It's going to be one of those games where a team, you know, they think they're hot shit. They have, admittedly, a very good quarterback, at least for our area. And they're going to get baptized by fire. And we're going to introduce Connor Ashby to the Black Storm defense. Not that he didn't sit and watch it beat Hoban a year ago, uh, you know, cheering for us. Mm-hmm. Go Tigers, TIG. I think I saw him in a couple of TIG chants. So at the Hoban game last year, Connor Ashby, or at least somebody wearing his letterman, it was w- sitting... 
right in front of us. It looked the... like a Matt quarterback wearing his Letterman. Yes, was sitting right in front of us at the uh, Maslin Hoven game. So mm-hmm. um, that was kind of the point we're getting at is that he was there. He was on the Maslin side, sat right in front of us. Besides that, I don't, I don't remember wh- how he was cheering or if he was cheering or. I actually have. If no, he, <laughs> I <laughs> have no idea. Matt if just he hated us, us the whole time, sh- Matt wanted us to talk shit, so I'm talking shit. I'm doing. I, I, he I'm, was there. He was yeah. there. Um, while we're talking about that, yes. So my sophomore year, I have plenty of memories, just not of that uh, first McKinley game. <laughs> what I remember is. My sophomore year, we played McKinley in the regional championship at Akron. Yeah. And when I was walking down... Great game, I think. So they have that tunnel-ish thing, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the fans can kind of like overlook... It opens up in the corner. Yeah. So the fans can kind of look over the end Mm -hmm. of the bleachers and they can see the tunnel. Well, I remember walking out and during the pregame and everything, I was just looking around because it's like one of those, holy crap, there are so many people here. Yeah, huge crowd. This is amazing kind of things. And as a sophomore, you kind of just take that in because you you don't really have many responsibilities, you <laughs> know, besides just looking around. I did the same thing at Kent my senior year. Yeah, so you just kind of <laughs> you kind of just look around. But my biggest takeaway was when we played McKinley in the regional championship, and then when we played Glenville in the final four, both at Akron, mm-hmm. is just groups of people wearing Letterman's. And it's like, wow, there's a, an entire group of kids from St. V. There's a bunch of kids from Northwest, Hoover, Glen Oak. Wow, there's McKinley people for the Final Four. It's like, there's McKinley people here. Like, you just look up, and it's easy when people are wearing Letterman's. Yeah. You can tell right away where they're from. But it was just amazing seeing how many groups. I mean, not like one person wearing a Glen Oak Letterman, but like half their team was sitting there wearing Glen Oak Letterman. It's like, oh my goodness, like they all came out here to see this game. Like they wanted to see the Maslin McKinley Regional Championship. Like it was it was kind of cool just, you know, to see how many people from other areas and these are just, you know, just the students. Who knows about yeah. older people that don't wear Letterman's. So. Exactly. You got you got a bunch of um you know, not high schoolers that they just want to see a good football game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those felt the crowd. It, it ends up being like a slight to us so we can't be you know they may be sitting around us but they're not up cheering with us but it's still awesome to see as a football player like wow this is packed to watch us play yeah uh, I, I think it helps that uh, like when we're playing somebody like Hoban mm-hmm. you get a little bit extra yeah you get a little bit extra because there's a lot of people that don't want to see parochial schools mm-hmm. or, you know, Hoban specifically or a St. Ignatius specifically. You know, you there's a lot of people that don't want to see them win. So, yeah, you know, it's you're going to get a little extra fandom when you play teams like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when we played McKinley in the regional championship, it was, you know, Mass and McKinley it was just two local teams, obviously rivals. And everybody's wanted, everyone <laughs> wanted to see it. They yeah. all wanted to see that game. A lot, you know. Most of these teams are done. They either didn't make the playoffs, or they are one and done, or they went two rounds and they're done. And mm-hmm. so they're out of it now. They want to go watch a great game. You know, it was a really good game, but uh, it was just kind of uh, surreal. I, yeah, it's just surreal because you don't see this during the regular season. 
you're either playing on Friday nights when everybody else is playing. Yeah. Or you're playing McKinley on a Saturday and the tickets are so sold out that no one else can go watch it. You know, sorry. People probably want to, but can't. Mm -hmm. But when you get into the playoffs, you get some local people that just want to see a good game. Or you see some local people that it's like, hey, you know what? I am going to support Maslin against Hoban because why not? You know, so it's nice to see. But yeah, it's just surreal seeing that. And point is, Ashby was at uh, the <laughs> Maslin Hoban game last year sitting right in front of us. Yeah. So there you go, Matt. Uh, I guess kind of getting into the, you know, we can get into Ashby or the rest of personnel. Um, talk about you know people wanting to see a good game and all that I don't think that's what they're going to see on Friday night I think they're going to see an ass kicking and ass kickings usually start up front so that's where we're going to start on their offense they're uh, oh God, they're I'll start with their left tackle junior 6'1", 250 their biggest guy Left guard, senior, six foot two thirty-five. Centers, six one two thirty. Right tackles, or right guard, I'm sorry, is six foot two thirty. Right tackle, six foot two twenty. That is not a large offensive line. Now, granted, I know they run, they run a spread offense. You know, like to run four wide a lot. They'll run a little bit of a, a little bit of tight end, fullback sets. But they like to spread it out and let Ashby dish the ball out. Which, I guess, if all you're going to be doing is pass setting the entire game, eh, you know, that's, that's fine. That's, that's um, That line's decent enough in the Federal League, I suppose. Might even be big in the Federal League. I don't know. I haven't paid attention to the Fed for a while. But point is, it's not a big line to face Maslin. It's nothing special that we faced, and I think we our defensive line, let alone our linebackers and safeties, are going to eat them for breakfast, spit them out for lunch, and eat them again for dinner. Uh, fullback tight ends. They got 6'2", 230, 6'4", 6'2", 6'2", 6'2", nothing worth mentioning. Um, their running back, Drew Robinson, number 29, He's a senior, six foot one eighty. He's the lax player, smooth runner, good vision, catches the ball out of the backfield. They're going to try and get him the ball in all sorts of ways. They like to throw the ball a lot, so he's going to be running. He's going to be out on the route, not doing a bunch of sitting in the backfield pass protecting. That tells me that they're only going to have five linemen in there running a bunch of scat empty protection, meaning. If we blitz, which I don't think we have to because we can, I like a lot of the matchups one-on-one, but if we choose to blitz, we can draw up some designs to get a lot of guys running free in at Ashby at the snap, and it's going to be a long night for him. Uh, wide receivers, you got Brock Henny, Heen, I don't care, 6'5", 215, that's actually, that's a pretty big body. Uh, he's their number one wide receiver. He's his body well. He catches well. He's not fast, but he, he you can't teach 6'5". That's a large human, and that's who uh, they like to throw to the most. The rest of them, 
number 21, 5'11", 185. He's the number two. He's the fastest guy. He's a deep threat, you know, runs a bunch of seams. He's on some RPOs, drives, crossers, that kind of thing. Look to get him the ball a bit once we take away their first, second, third, and fourth options. Uh, and, of course, Connor Ashby, he's senior, 6'1", 180. He's got some Mac offers, all-state quarterback. He um, He's quick to scramble. But he always has his eyes downfield. He's looking to throw. He's not looking to tuck and run. He's looking to throw. Um, And that's one thing that I think with our defense is we're going to really have to... I I don't know what's the... We're really going to have to... What's the word I'm looking for? Everybody in coverage is going to have to stay on their guys. Once the quarterback goes to scramble, you can't just bail on your coverage guy to go make a tackle on him, even if you're close. You have to stay on the guy that you've matched up with, stay in coverage, and let other players make a play. Um, the only other little tidbit from he's about 63 65% passer on the year against not fed teams, which is good to see. You know, you want your quarterback probably above 60% completion percentage. Um, there's a lot of variables depending on what system, what kind of routes are thrown and whatnot, but that's a very, that if you had to draw a hard line, I would say 60%. And I said that's above, that's against fed teams or that's against not fed teams against the fed teams. They've played Perry and McKinley. He's sitting at about 48% completion percentage, which is not great. Uh, and he's going to have a much harder time against a team like Maslin and the Black Swarm defense. That's all I got for their offense. <clears throat> Rob, take it away. All right, so we'll talk about the Hoover defense real quick. Uh, <clears throat> we'll start with their defensive line. You know, their best player, Drew Logan, he's a junior, 6'4", 230. He's got a few Mac offers. Uh, good, strong side player. After that, uh Six foot two sixty five, six two two fifteen, six foot two twenty. So not very big up front uh, with their defensive line. Not a whole lot to say about them outside of their one uh, pretty good player. Uh, their linebackers five eleven one eighty, six foot two thirty, five eleven one ninety. Honestly, not a whole lot to talk about them. Uh, it's definitely not their strongest group on the entire team, and uh, I think something we're going to take advantage of with uh, those linebackers trying to cover the run. I think we'll be able to take advantage of that quite a bit. Uh, with their safeties, they have their starters listed as a 5'8", 150, 5'10", 170. Seem to be decent in coverage, kind of quick. Um, maybe a little bit undersized for safeties, especially if they, if they have to come up and play the run. Uh, the cornerbacks, 5'11", 160, 5'10", 170. Uh, once again, seems like they, they're they decent in coverage, but we're not talking about any real elite players here. They have been cycling some different players in in their secondary, so we got some backups that have started in different games. So I don't know if they're if that was because of injuries or matchups or why they're rotating people on the backside. The one note on here is that uh, there's one player named DJ Reed. They have him listed as a backup safety and a backup corner. He's 6'3", 180. Uh, he's considered the fastest player. He started at safety versus McKinley. 
Uh, he started against Jackson as a corner, and uh, I guess we consider him to be their best corner, but he doesn't start normally. So, uh, you know, why? Who knows? He might start against us this week. Maybe not. He's got a little bit of height length to him, and if he's fast, like maybe he matches up better against our receivers. Maybe not. Um, but he's not listed as their normal starter. So the secondary is not huge, but they seem to be decent in coverage, decent in quickness, maybe a little bit undersized if you're looking at them for run support. Uh, so, I mean, I guess that's their defense. Outside of their one pretty good defense alignment, mm. it's a bunch of uh, pretty average players after that. So I think we should be able to, once again, kind of get our offense going. We should be able to establish the run, and you know, hopefully that can open up some passing for us as well. Baptism by fire i would be fine with that i'm rooting for that actually you know you don't want to see a bunch of kids get their hopes and dreams squashed but we do on friday night sorry hey tiger fans i bet if you're anything like my partner hank you probably need to go see an eye doctor yes sir and if you do we have the place for you the Doring vision center is a primary care optometry clinic located in downtown maslin They have a wide variety of eyeglass frames, everything from budget packages to designer brands. And if you're like me and prefer contacts over glasses because glasses are a hassle, they have uh, the technology to fit all types of lenses. They treat most conditions, and they also take emergency visits as well. At the Doring Vision Center, most insurances are accepted, and you even have a good chance of getting a same-day appointment. So come on down to see former Maslin Tiger, Dr. Ben Doring, at 35 Erie Street North, Suite 110, Maslin 44646. And that's right next to the Alibi Bar, for those of you who know the local watering holes. Or you can check them out on Facebook at the Doring Vision Center. That's D-O-E-R-I-N-G Vision Center. Or give them a call at 330-880-0035. Doring Vision Center. Proud supporter of all things Maslin. Big thanks to uh, Doring Vision Center for sponsoring the Black Swarm podcast. Uh, big thanks to Ben Doring of Doring Vision Center. I know he listens to these, and you know, here's what we have to say. And uh, a ben, senior on the 2009 yeah. team that beat Hoover. He was on the team that beat Hoover, and then mm-hmm. went on and played McKinley in the regional championship, and then played Glenville. Uh, yeah, he was a senior that year. Big part of that offensive line. Yeah. Uh, great Maslin Tiger player, and you know now he has the <laughs> Doring Vision Center downtown. You should go check him out. Um, but I know he listens to these, mm-hmm. and I, I've mentioned this before, and I, we've uh, I I've been slacking. All right, I haven't I haven't just fully got into communication with them like I like I wanted to, but I'm yeah. a step closer. All right, okay, <laughs> we are, we are now closer to that step. <laughs> all right, um, but I I've seen Ben listen. I've I've seen some things on Instagram. I know you guys do a lot of smoking. You guys smoke some meats, smoke uh, some brisket. That's where you're going. With smoke that. some pulled pork. I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, I, I've seen him catch some fish too. And listen, I I don't want to challenge him to anything. About, <laughs> I don't want to challenge him anything about fishing. He's got the upper edge. And honestly, based on the stuff I've seen him smoke, he's got the upper edges there too. They they got some experience smoking smoking meat, but. I know you've got a little group together. You guys got your own little thing going. I've got a little group also. Mm-hmm. I think there's some uh, there's some room here for us to 
Maybe have a little cook-off. Going a little competition little here. Competi- friendly competition, yeah, of course. Of but, course. you know, like, you know, let's see, you know, my pulled pork against your pulled pork kind of thing. Like, you know, make a day of it. Okay. You know, you know who wins are the people that get to eat all the pulled pork. That, yeah, that's, exactly. That's going to be the winner of the whole show. But, you know, Ben, I'm, I'm just saying there's some room for us to uh, collaborate. That That's all I'm saying. So, uh one of these days I'm actually going to take the initiative and, you know, get in full conversation with yeah. them rather than, you know, this half conversation we got going on right now. But, you know, uh, yeah, I think that would be exciting. Cause you, you see, do you follow, you follow the one page that they got? I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show it to you. Okay. They got a full page dedicated to uh, uh, foods. They to smoke? smoking meat. Yeah. Mm. Oh, they're into this big time. Right. It's uh, it's like what Jim and I wish we were doing. Yeah, so that's true. Um, yeah, we're not we're not quite there. No, just like this entire podcast operation is very much fly by the seat of your pants, mm-hmm. kind of absolutely making up but, as you go along. But people enjoy it, so yeah, that's what it, it is. What it is, that's all that matters. Uh, but big shout out to Ben Doring and the Doring Vision Center. Go check them out. Um, you know, for all of your oh blind people needs like yeah. myself i didn't want to say that yeah. i don't know what the technical term i is can it. say that yeah you can no. say it so you know glasses contacts yeah. um issues with your eyes and vision so yep. go check out Doring vision center downtown all right so on the subject of sponsors and food we got the fw renner and sons question that we always ask you know our guests which is where your favorite eatery in Maslin. well that question gets a little boring so i'm gonna ask Rob, the opposite of that. What, what do you mean? I want to know the absolute worst place there is to take somebody to go out to eat in Maslin. Is it? Wait, are you serious? Like worst place in Maslin? Is that what you're asking right now? Yeah. Like if you, uh, hey, let's go out to eat. BW threes. <laughs> I feel like you had that one in your back pocket. I don't need to think about this. Oh yeah. The Buffalo Wild Wings in Maslin is the worst place in Maslin. It's not even close. It is the worst place to eat in Maslin. Is it the B-dubs in general or that B-dubs specifically? So here's the thing. I'm not crazy about B-dubs in general. Mm -hmm. But I've been to other ones and they're not as bad. The one in Maslin is horrible. Just just horrible. I hate it. I hate everything about it. Yeah. It is so overpriced. Their food isn't great. Let's just be honest. I mean, if if you're looking for the best wings, that's not where you go anymore. That no. is not the place you go for wings. I don't think it's been that for a while. So I I don't understand. Like, I mean, I think it's kind of lost its hype. But mm-hmm. anybody that still thinks there's hype to B Dubs, why? Why do you like B Dubs? So the last couple of times I've been there, it's been on a Thursday where they do their buy one get one free boneless wings. Yeah, sounds like a great deal, right? Essentially half price wings. Yes, what, you know, buy one get one half price, same thing. Mm-hmm. Half. Price boneless wings. Okay. Even for an expensive place, that can't be bad, right? It's horrible. (laughs) Okay. They are small. It's like popcorn chicken. It's not even wings. It is literally like popcorn chicken. Boneless wings aren't wings to begin with, but that's a different conversation for another day. Yes. Yes. Continue. You know what a boneless wing is normally like. It's supposed to be like... It's a larger size... Minimum. Almost like a nugget. A round nugget. Minimum a McNugget. It's like a round-ish chicken nugget. Mm -hmm. You know. eh. You know what size it's supposed to be. Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right. They have boneless chicken, which is like popcorn chicken. They're 
They're like marbles. And they pass them off for a dollar a, you know, a dollar a nugget. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? A dollar a nugget? Yeah. I'm sorry. I just processed what you said. Wow. It's horrible. So you get on half price night, 50 cents a popper, which is... Yes. Which is not much at all. So I went to, unfortunately, um, I went there last week. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my choice. I could have said no. Yeah. You know, it's not like I was dragged there, you know. So I was like, all right, we'll go. It's it's on Thursday, so it's half price bonus wings. Awesome. So I decided that I was going to get the I was going to or I was going to get the ten bonus wings, which means I got ten free. So it's going to be twenty total mm-hmm. bonus wings. And I said that to the person I was with, and they're like, "All right, well, I think I'll get like six traditional wings on the side, on top of like ten wings." I was like, "All right, cool." So when the server came over, I I said what I wanted. I wanted my twenty wings. Mm-hmm. The person I was with ordered six traditional. He's like, and they were like, yeah, that'll be it. I was like, no, 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 no hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, <laughs> what you're missing here is that the 20 wings were just for me. Yeah. I am doing 20 bonus wings. Yes. And they're like, what? You're eating 20 bonus wings? I was like, I told you they are not very big. They are small. Order yourself a order of bonus wings. Because they thought I was getting 10. They were getting 10. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I was getting 20. And even after that, I was like hungry and disappointed. <laughs> they were barely coated in sauce, which you can definitely overdo sauce. And yeah. there's places that do overdo the sauce. Mm-hmm. But if you hand me a piece of popcorn chicken and it doesn't look like there's any sauce on it at all, that's not enough sauce. Yikes. Okay. So I had I got 20. They got... They ordered a six, so they got 12. They had 12 boneless and six bone-in. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, a dollar a wing. And that's not good anywhere, yeah. to be honest. But um, that's what they charge. It's a dollar a wing, and it's like popcorn chicken. It's not great. Uh, another issue I have with them, and this is defendable. You can defend this part of it. Mm-hmm. But they have taken the coronavirus COVID sanctions like over the top. Yeah. So most places you can go to, and it's relatively similar. Things are spaced out a little bit more. Um, they try to make things a little bit more safe. There are There's guidelines they have to follow. Mm-hmm. B-dubs decided to take those guidelines and just exponentially raise them. <laughs> it is... So much different than any other any other place. You know, we went there for when the Browns played the Bengals. Yeah. On Thursday night football. You know, big night. Where do you go? You need to go to B-dubs to watch the game. Wasn't a lot of people there. <laughs> Understandably, it's not a great place. But we went there anyway, thinking that it would be a good place to go to. Well, you know the rule. Bars have to stop serving alcohol at 10 o'clock. Yeah. That's the rule. Yeah. 100% that is the rule. I'm fine with it. I'm not mad with anybody that follows the rules. I get it because you get fined really heavily. They'll take your liquor license. I I get it. Not mad. Well, B-dubs does that. B-dubs cuts you off at 9. At 9? 9. Not 10. 
They cut you off at nine. It wasn't even the second quarter of the Browns game, and they cut us off. Big yikes. And he was like, oh, okay. Well, uh, they give you a new warning? The warning was, hey, we're no longer serving drinks. Huh. And we're like, all right, no problem. We get it. We'll just go up to the bar for the next drink. She's like, no, no, no. No one is serving drinks the rest of the night. We're like, why? She's like, it's 9 o'clock. We said, yeah. The rule is 10, not 9. She's like, nope, we do last at 9. Okay. okay. All right. Well, that sucks. Your food was trash. You stopped serving drinks at 9. And it was really expensive. Huh. Worst place in Maslin. Yikes. So, overall. Worst place in Maslin. Moral of the story. Lesson learned. If there's one takeaway. Yes. For my entire rant. It's that BW3's downtown Maslin. Worst place you can go to take somebody. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So, that's the turned on its head FW Runner and Sons question of where would you... In this case, not go to eat your dinner. It'd be a real shame if they were like one week away from sponsoring us. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're a corporate place. We have... Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah. We have nothing lost in just trashing them in general. I'm sorry. It's just, you know, speaking from the heart. Nah, you're very passionate about that. You know, we had a lot of off-air conversation about that, which is why I wanted to bring it up. Mm-hmm. And I think the more genuine you get on here, you know, I think the more the more genuine you come across to our our listeners, and it's it's just really good for the pro game in general. Yeah, I have a lot of uh, a lot of hot takes when it comes to food places. Really? Oh yeah. Huh. I have a lot of hot takes about food places. I haven't brought up much actually. What are you like t- once a week? I talk to you about <laughs> something about food places. What do you mean? I I guess I just don't go out to eat much, so my eyes just kind of glaze over, and I don't pay I much. I boycotted attention. McDonald's for a year. When they raise the price and they double by nine cents. <laughs> That's not a hot take, though. That's just kind of... That's my hot take. It's not worth a dollar nine. It was worth 99 cents. Was, okay. McDouble's for a dollar. Yes. McDouble for 109. Uh-uh. Okay. Now they're a dollar 99 or something. I ask screw them. No, no. There, so there's a difference between a hot take and principle. Mm-hmm. I always just assumed, like, you stood on the principle of this is a dollar menu item. You raise it by a nickel. It's yeah. no longer on the dollar menu, thus I'm no longer going to get it, so I'm not going to go there. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of principle involved, mm-hmm. um, but I have some hot takes as well. When they when McDonald's first came out with their fresh quarter pounder, yeah, one of the best burgers I've ever had in my life. I mean, just best burgers. Compare it to anywhere. I'm not talking fast food. When they first came out with that fresh quarter pounder, it was one of the best burgers I've had in my entire life since it is not good anymore. Don't know why. I have other people that can back this up. It tastes completely different. You know what they call a quarter pounder in France? I heard you say it earlier. What? A royale. A royale. They're on the metric system. They don't know what a quarter pounder is. I guess that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I've been bouncing around from food place to food place to food place because... Mm-hmm. You know, they end up making me mad, so then I switch. And that place makes me mad, so I switch. And 
it ends up going full circle. But there's always something. Yeah, there's always something. But I, yeah, I have a lot of takes on food and food places. That's for sure. Okay. And with that, B Dubs is still the worst. Good to know. This is a big well we can go back on when we run out of content like tonight. Absolutely. (laughs) Wonderful. All right. So that's the FW Renner and Sons question of the week. And as you guys know, we like to talk. We like to just debate about random things, namely just ranking stuff. So we're going to go top five. Top five beers. I'll start off. Rob, you can try and follow up, but it, it's not going to touch this list. That's fine. All right. So, number one beer you can ever have. I'm going to go with the third tailgate beer. Okay. You know, you've, you've had a couple beers at the tailgate. <clears throat> you've probably had one at home before you got there. But by that third tailgate beer, everybody everything's all set up. Everybody's buzzing. You got the music going. And it's just, it's hitting you. It's it's feeling good. It's football season. Let's go, baby. Okay. Number two, any beer at Slob Acres. I understand this isn't going to, like, really hit home with anybody besides, <laughs> like, two people listening <sighs> to this, maybe. But any beer at Slob Acres, number <clears throat> two beer you can ever have. Number three, shower beer. Ooh. Shower beer is a good beer that... The secret to a shower beer is you can't crack it open until the shower's going and you're like, you're in the middle of your shower. Okay. There's something about the acoustics of cracking a beer open in the shower while everything's running. It just hits different. Okay. It tastes good. It's my kind of pre-game tailgate ritual. It's just number three. Number four is a post-yard work beer. You know. You spent, it could just be mowing the lawn. You could have spent the entire day outside doing everything you need to do. But you finally sit down, you get to enjoy your work, you get to look at it all, you get to bask in that accomplishment. And you sit there with a beer in your hand, crack it open, and it just tastes like victory. And number five, this is, there's two types of this beer. It's the first beer when you're going to be day drinking all day. Mm, okay. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. The first beer of a day drinking day. Now, I need to, I think I need to set the, you know, set the difference here. I'm talking like McKinley game, St. Paddy's Day, Ohio State, Michigan, something like that, where you're, it's a party. It's a celebration. You're going to be, you're going to be getting after it all day, you know? Might be unhealthy, sure, but you don't do it all the time. The second kind of first beer of day drinking is, well, it's Tuesday, life sucks. <laughs> Might as well crack one open. That's not what I'm. That, that that's not on my list. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were also including that. <laughs> Absolutely not. That one is explicitly off the list. If that's the kind of beer you're into. There's places you can get help for that. You can call us. Don't call me. <laughs> I mean, all right. That, that sounds I'm, I'm going to forward you to somebody with actual qualifications yeah. to help you. But that's not the kind of beer we're going for. You know, it's going to be a day of celebration. It's going to be a day of partying. It's, <clears throat> it's like 
that first beer in itself sucks, but it's setting the stage for the rest of the day. It's like waking up on Christmas morning, you look under the tree, and all those presents are wrapped up, like just waiting for you to get into. You know, it the day is you have the entire day ahead of you. It's going to be a great one. And you're just ready to get after it. That's my top five. Rob, let's hear what you have. That's uh, can't even touch that one. Yeah, probably not. So I kind of just threw mine together really quick, not really understanding what, uh, you know, when you first told me to do this, I was like, okay, well, you know, Yingling, Miller. Those, like, no, you didn't mean like actual beers. Yeah. You meant types. Like, okay. No, that was the kind of half the point mm-hmm. of the way it went. So I was kind of just throwing together some things right now. I, I have six things written down <clears throat> trying to like brainstorm. Mm-hmm. My idea was to get like 10 of them on here and then narrow them down. Well, you had three when we started. I, so, ended, uh, up, I ended up with six and I already have one off. off so I'm down to five. <laughs> All right. So what do you got? <clears throat> here's my five. Give me one second to kind of figure out which one's number five. Um, we'll go with that one and then that, that. Yeah, let's go with that. That's fine. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So my number five best beer. <clears throat> Man, can you tell? I just got something stuck in my throat. I know. This is rough. I'm not great. Not doing great. <sighs> I, I've been trying the whole time. You're doing your five. I was trying to get this. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going away. I'm sorry. All right. So my number five type of beer mm-hmm. is the next beer. Oh. Oh, the next beer is a good beer. <laughs> the next beer is a top five beer for sure. It's definitely my top ten. It's definitely up there. The next beer is, you know, you really rejoice in in the beer you have. Yeah. Yeah, the one in your hand, you mm-hmm. start drinking it, but once you get below halfway, aren't you already thinking about that next one? Yeah. Let's be honest. You're counting down. How many do I have left? Right? I was looking over. I was like, oh. One, two, uh, I ran out. Yeah. Oh, I think Hank has some. All right. The next beer is mm-hmm. the best beer. Fifth best beer. Now, the caveat to that, I would argue, <clears throat> is you reach a certain point in the night if you're... You get to a point where that is no longer true anymore. Yes. So you get to a point where the next beer is just sounds horrible and you want no part of it. Yeah. So. That's, that's why it's fifth. Yeah. That's fair. So that was the fifth beer. All right. What's four? The fourth beer is, I just kind of generalized it. Mm-hmm. I just said a tailgate beer. All right. Just in general, a tailgate beer. Not the third tailgate beer. Not yeah. the first. Not the eighth. Mm-hmm. Just a tailgate beer. Something about. I can see that. Something about the reason why you're there. Yeah. Not because of the beer, but there's there's something going on. There's a vent. There's an event going on. You're tailgating for something. Mm-hmm. You're tailgating for an event, and it's just a different atmosphere. You got a little music going. There's usually a group of people around, so you're kind of having fun. It's like a party, but it's not a party. It's a tailgate. Yeah, completely different. Two very different things. You know, a party's a party. A tailgate's a tailgate. But yeah. The idea is you have other people around you. You're having fun. The music's loud, upbeat. It gets you going. You don't really, you know, it takes twice as many beers before you feel it because you're so upbeat. Exactly. It's, you know, you got the whole, you got the energy. There's an atmosphere going. to yeah. it for sure. 
So a tailgate beer is my is my fourth beer. All right. So now here's one. Honestly, I don't know what made me think of this. It's a little bit deeper. Okay. Deeper than you would think I would go. All right. That's at least two inches. So what I wrote on my little piece of cardboard that I ripped off of a beer case. Yep. Better than a beer can from last week. (laughs) I wrote on a beer. So (laughs) all I wrote was with someone. Now, there's more to it than that. Oh, God. So I had the reasoning already in my head. I just needed the reminder Mm -hmm. on the paper with someone. Not just not just with someone. All yeah. right. What I where I'm going with this is specifically a beer that you're having with someone that you're not necessarily friends with. Someone oh. that someone that maybe you looked up to. Maybe he was a mentor of yours. Maybe it's a famous person. Mm-hmm. M- it's somebody that you're just sitting down having a beer with, even though you're not really friends. And I'm not I'm not talking about strangers. Yeah. All right. Not just some stranger at the bar. This was, wow, you were my idol growing up. And now we're both adults sitting at a bar next to each other just by happenstance. Or it's like, hey, you are... You know, someone somewhat important. You know, it. You're just mm-hmm. being guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, not in a creepy way where you see Urban Meyer across the bar and you just run up and start talking to him. <laughs> right. Yes. But it, it's just somebody that you looked up to, someone that's a mentor, someone that maybe played on a football team six years ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Right. They barely know who you are, but it was like, hey, like. I was in eighth grade or when you were a senior. You didn't know me, but hey, I looked up to you. You just have that weird conversation. Not really a weird conversation, but it's like, hey, like you matter to me. Yeah. Kind of thing, right? Yeah. Or it's someone you might not have ever thought that you were going to be sitting down drinking a beer with. Mm-hmm. Right? That's my that's my third that's my third beer. That that's pretty deep right there, actually. And you, have you ever had that where it's just like it's like, wow, I never really pictured myself sitting here with you yeah, drinking a beer together. I've never had that, like, moment where it's like, I never pictured myself. Yeah, I mean. But I have had the, wow, you and I are sitting here, both adults right now. You are, you know, you are someone I looked up to mm-hmm. when I was younger. Yeah. That, like, you could almost say, not hero, but yeah, that same kind Something. of... Something. Yeah. Along that same vein. More than just another person. Exactly. It's, there's something to it. There's there's something I can lead with where it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, man, like, you were... Uh, you you never knew it. But, like, when I was a kid, you know, we... Yeah. You were something. You were something. All right. So, Rob... That was, that's my third. Bit. Rob getting deep as hell at number three. What do you got for number two? Follow that up. I got you. So the number two, the way I have it written is just, I'm calling it the Maiden Voyage beer. So where I, the way I say that is just um, the first beer to something new. You just got a new house. Okay. And it's your first beer in your new house. Uh, I see what you're saying. Or 
you just got a new you just got a new vehicle. You're not drinking in the vehicle, <laughs> but you bring the vehicle home. Yeah. And you're just sitting there looking at your brand new truck. And you're like, hey, look at this thing, huh? Mm-hmm. Look at that. You're sitting there with your buddy like, oh, man, you're drinking your new boat. You just got a new boat. Oh, the beer in the boat. You're sitting in a docked boat <laughs> telling your friends about how you're going to take it out someday. Okay. And you're drinking your first beer in your new boat. I can do you one better than that. Yeah. You're sitting in the boat in its trailer hooked up to your truck in your driveway mm-hmm. drinking the beer. Absolutely. Oh, incredible. But it's, it, it's your first beer to something new. Okay. That's where I'm going with this. So mm-hmm. it, it it's the maiden voyage. Of something new, a new house, new car, new boat. You just got a brand new tractor, mm-hmm. a brand new mower. Oh, the the mower beer the is new, a highly underrated beer. The mower beer, the first beer on a new mower yeah. with the cup holder built in. Ooh. Oh my goodness! You still put it in between your legs because that's just force of habit after all these years. It. So just just the new, the first beer to something new. Mm-hmm. That's. That, that's really the, the takeaway from this is you just got something new and you're kind of celebrating with a beer. And it's just the first beer of something new in your life. Maiden Voyage beer. And then uh, my number one beer. All right, you philosopher. What do you got for this one? Not quite as deep. <laughs> the number one beer is a free beer. <sighs> really? It's a free beer. It's the number one beer. Yeah, a free beer is a free beer. You're going to drink it. You have to drink it. We had a full conversation about this before the podcast started. But is it a good beer? Is it a top five beer? It's definitely top five. I put it number one. (laughs) You put it number one. I guess it depends on what it is. I mean, if you hand me a Milwaukee's Best, that is nowhere near as good as a Maiden Voyage beer. Exactly. But it's a free beer. And Mm. you put it number one. Hmm. Uh-huh. I think just conceptually, you have to put free beer number one. You have to. I understand it. I get it. But I respectfully disagree. Let me see your tax return. Why? <laughs> because I want to know why free beer is a number one on your list. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. Free beer Free beer is a top ten. All right. It. it frankly, it might be six. But... Just there's so much more that comes along with everything else we've talked about that you don't get with a free beer. Well, yeah, this isn't always about being, you know, the deepest meaning. It's just best. Yeah, and that third tailgate beer, it doesn't matter what it is. It hits something special. Like it hits, it makes you feel good better than free beer does. And it's so much better when I take it out of your case. Well, that's why I drink Michelob Ultra, so people don't yeah. steal my beer. Yeah, no one steals the Ultras. Exactly. Yeah. This is chestnut checkers here, Rob. Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's definitely some pros and cons, but I got free beer as my number one beer. I'm not slandering free beer. Ed, any free beer is a good beer. Yeah, Ed, absolutely. That's That's very... It's not just acceptable. That's fine. It's not just fine. It's good. It's not just good. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I kind of talk myself into that one. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not number one. 
That's fine. That's I, all. I, I'll let you say that. All right. You know, and that's why we have these lists that we can agree to disagree. I was kind of just like running with the saying that the best beer is free beer. Yeah. And it's like, well, what's better than best? Best is one, obviously. So I have to put it one. I was working with that saying. Yeah. So I... That's fine. Kind of had to put it with number one. You're working with somebody else's saying, so you just... Yeah. Because, I mean, mind you, there's, yeah. there are plenty of beers that people could give me for free that are not better than what I already have, but... Yes. Best beer is a free beer. All right. That's fine. You're wrong, but that's fine. Um, Let us know what your top five beers are. You know, DM... Just add us at Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Doesn't matter. However you want to get a hold of us, uh, let us know what your top five beers are. It's shocking how little people actually engage in these things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess with the way our listenership is down this year, I think it's just because of the general lack of interest in football in general. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Otherwise, we're just doing a shitty job and hand up that's on us, I guess. Uh, but yeah, let us know what your top five beers are and we'll interact back. You know, it's not just gonna be a one way conversation. We might even shout it out here on this podcast. If it's, uh, on next week's podcast, if yeah. it's interesting I mean, enough, if nothing else to say how Rob's list was better than Hank's or how you like one of them particular or, you know, if there, you got a specific yeah. one you want to talk about or, yeah, you know, something. Or how if you just want to say how Rob's list Anything. (laughs) We need attention. (laughs) No one engages with us anymore. It it is a tragedy, but I think it's because Rob comes up with these just horrible top ten lists. I didn't think of this one. You thought of the idea, and my list is better than yours. I thought of the idea. And mine's better. Absolutely not. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So just everybody, you know... Let us know how much worse Rob's is than mine. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Till then, go Tigers. Beat Hoover. Beat the Vikings. I like a cold one when the game's on. Hanging with the guys on a Monday night Or maybe on a Sunday When the grill's fired up and the weather's just right Like a six-pack kicking back on a lake Toes in the water on a Saturday But all that said, y'all, what can I say? Beer tastes better on Fridays When the hay's in the barn and my girl's on my arm And the boss man's on my back when the holler comes alive with a four-wheel drive raising hell, yeah, we like it like that Got my same old koozie, hope my same old cane From the same old cooler, but something's different, man Spirit tastes better on Fridays I get thirsty from a long day Breaking my back in the summer sun But a brewski sure helps me Lay it on back when the day is done But the work ain't over till the week is gone Until then I'll keep chugging along But like I said, y'all, what can I say? Beer tastes better on Fridays 
When the hay's in the barn and my girl's on my arm and the boss man's on my back. When the holler comes alive with a four-wheel drive, raising hell, yeah, we like it like that. Got my same old kids, you hold my same old cane. From the same old cooler, but something's different, man. This beer tastes better on Friday. Like the only thing that gets me by Setting my sights on Friday night When the hay's in the barn And my girl's on my arm And the boss man's on my back When the holler comes alive With a four-wheel drive Raising hell, yeah, we like it like yeah. Got my same old coons He hope the same old cane From the same old coon And the sun's different, man Beer tastes better Beer tastes better Beer tastes better